Hey everyone, welcome to The Matt Report. I'm your host, Matt, and I interview folks who make a living using WordPress. Today I'm super, super excited to have Tom McFarlane on. Uh, he's a WordPress freelancer, JavaScripter, builds software for other folks. Um, but the most important part, he's a partner at 8-Bit, partner of Automatic, uh, which is a team behind Standard, uh, regularly blogs at Envato and WP Tuts, and maintains a number of WordPress plugins and free projects around, available on GitHub. How are you, Tom? I'm good, man. How are you? Great, great. Uh, first early morning uh, interview for me, so uh, <laughs> as, as early as it can get, I guess, uh, for us freelancers. Um, all right, so you do a ton. You got a lot of stuff out there on the web. Uh, I want to dive into as much as I possibly can, but just to give an introduction to folks about who you are, what you've been doing with WordPress uh, recently. Okay, yeah. So as Matt said, I'm Tom McFarland. Uh, you can find me specifically on the web at my uh, personal blog at TomMcFarland.com. I have been self-employed for a couple of years now, and I started off building software for others, um, mainly individuals, uh, small teams, um, small businesses, things like that, using Ruby on Rails, uh, WordPress, and uh I did some JavaScript work, just straight up client side applications. And then as my involvement in WordPress grew, I began to scale back on other things and I have scaled up with WordPress. So I do predominantly 90% of my work in WordPress. I enjoy building plugins for others. I'm part of a team that builds a um, premium theme for WordPress. Uh, I love uh, education as far as blogging on larger sites like WP Tuts Plus to teach um, some beginners or less advanced users on how to do things and uh, currently in the process of trying to put together a podcast that is going to involve people that are of all walks of life of WordPress. That is, they could be bloggers, designers, developers, maybe they love it, maybe they hate it, uh, just trying to cast a wide net around that. Nice. Uh, so I, I usually start off by asking folks if they remember <laughs> their first WordPress project or, or what initially got drew them into WordPress? Uh, do you remember yours? Yeah, um, before I even started writing code um, for WordPress or building building anything really on top of it, I actually blogged for my school. I was in the um, College of Computing at Georgia Tech, and they were looking for student bloggers to talk about their day to day life in uh, at Georgia Tech. And being at the College of Computing, they were specifically interested in the day in life of computer science students. So I installed WordPress, and this was back in probably 2006-ish. And my first quote-unquote project was basically setting up the default installation. And then that's when Kubrick, or no, yeah, when Kubrick was a default theme. And it was nice and all, but I wanted it to be customized. And at that point, I knew enough about, I knew enough PHP to, to put together the functionality that I wanted. I wasn't necessarily doing things, quote unquote, the WordPress way. But my first project in customizing WordPress was doing that, kind of hacking together the theme to do what I wanted it to do. And nice. then, yeah, upwards from there. Um, Did you take that that typical... Uh, you know, path where folks are creating the the small business website for the the friend of a friend, and then you started to slowly build your freelance business. Or did you already know while you were in college, this is what I want to do? 
and here's how I'm going to go after it. When I was in school, so I come from, so my dad started his own business when he was 40 years old and he's still, I mean, he and my mom are still, they're still doing that. And it was a, uh, it's a larger business obviously than what I do. Uh, they're involved in the, in the construction industry, but I had the itch to be self-employed ever since I was young and I knew I wanted to do something like that. But I always assumed that it would be, uh, I always assumed that it would be 10 years down the road, 10 years after college, 15 years after college. Uh, instead, it was about three years after graduation. And what had happened was uh, I had a great full-time job, really loved what I was doing, but then the opportunity presented itself for me to jump ship. And so uh, I did that, and that kind of it was a slow it was slow going in terms of I was doing these one-off projects on the side. Uh, just at night, and they were really small sites. They weren't even necessarily based on WordPress. Now, I had been doing a lot of blogging, but it wasn't necessarily, I hesitate to use the word strategic, but it wasn't really like niche blogging. I was just kind of blogging about whatever I thought was interesting. So in terms of having an audience or anything, I, I didn't because I wasn't talking talking to anyone specific. Um, but then as uh, at that time, I had was doing some work with the guys at 8-Bit. Well, at the time, um, this is before 8-Bit was officially a company, um, and then as that business that business began to scale, and as the, I began to have more demand to do work for other people, that's where I went freelance and, and uh, self-employed. Okay, so what or when did you know that you wanted to connect, or how did you find Eight Bit? A lot of folks, or how did you find the, the the guys at Eight Bit before it was Eight Bit? A lot of folks who are you know finding themselves freelancing, mm -hmm. they just feel like they're going it alone. They don't know mm -hmm. how to connect with somebody else. They don't know what the best strategy is. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? So, there's there, I have two opinions on that. One, I found these guys via Twitter and their blog, and ironically enough, they were all local. Um, John, who's the guy that kind of put us together, used to blog at a website called humanerror.com, and he's now at tentblogger.com, and uh, he's on Twitter at Saddington, and he's the guy that put us together. He's kind of the guy that's in charge of all business development, and I went to lunch with him one day. He had done the first version of Standard and was looking for a developer to kind of take over so he, so he could focus more on growing it as part of uh, actual business. So I said, sure, you know, I can devote a couple of hours a week to that. Um, it's obviously grown into something larger than that. Uh, Chris, who's our product manager, uh, he and I met via Twitter. And he and John had worked together on projects before. And then Jared, our designer, he knew John and I met Jared through John. And so it was totally like the whole six degrees. Well, it's really more like two degrees of separation. <laughs> Um, but as far as the, the going it alone, I, I do completely understand that because a portion of my freelance work is, is just me or it's me partnering with other people. And the, the best advice I can give for that is um, I understand the challenges that come with that. And I can't emphasize enough the significance or the importance of uh, knowing your strengths and then partnering with people whose strengths are your weaknesses. Uh, don't try to do like if you're not a designer, don't try to do the design uh, in terms of finding people. For me, honestly, I have been extraordinarily fortunate through finding people just through friends, finding people through uh, that I've connected with on Twitter or through my blog, things like that. It just it's a really slow climb to be able to you know network with other people. But uh, it requires it does require work between blogging or guest blogging on other sites, tweeting, getting involved in other communities or whatever. But uh, I, I absolutely hands down would go with the team any day rather than go it alone. Yeah. And you bring up a great point. I, I spoke about this with uh, Curtis McHale, and I think we uh, chatted back and forth on one of your blog posts about this. You have to know what your strengths are and mm -hmm. don't be afraid 
if you're not a developer and you're just a, a hardcore designer, then don't say you're a developer going into a project. Or if you know you're taking on a big project, try to find somebody who's, who's a developer who can really put out the good code because you don't want to, especially with WordPress, you don't want to hack the core. You don't want to use a plugin that, you know, isn't going to be supported. Uh, and I think that's super important. And one of the things that I talked about in one of my uh, talks at WordCamp was I'm like right in the middle of developer, designer, but I would never say that I'm any one of those pieces. <laughs> I'm just more, I'm more of the guy who business, sales, making connections. Mm -hmm. But I know enough of everything else, so let me build a team around those weaknesses. But I know how to speak the language on both sides of the fence. Yes. Uh, so super important, super yeah, important. totally. And that's the thing. It's hard, too, when you pitch it. You know, when you pitch uh, to developers are able to spot other developers and people that are not. But to anyone that's looking to have a site or an app or a plugin or a tool built, um, anyone that does anything with computers could be a developer. Right. And so you could market yourself as that. And you can get away with building, excuse me, you can get away with building stuff for other people uh, by kind of piecemealing together a solution. But like you said, you, you get into that, that uh, sticky situation of where a plugin is not supported or something breaks and you don't have any idea how to begin to debug it. And so that's a really dangerous kind of line to flirt with if you're going to go that route. Yeah, and it's uh, of course it's tough. I mean, especially if you're coming out of college or you're in college, or you're or you're not, or you, or you're you know looking for side income, like a lot of folks are. Um, and and I see it in my area a lot with folks that you know they say that they're they say say that they're marketers with no real marketing experience, they just have some of that, you know, outgoingness and, and, mm -hmm. and it's fine because a lot of the small businesses don't even have that. Um, but I think what a lot of folks don't do is they don't look at the big picture. They don't think that they're going to scale. How am I going to scale this? If you're not going to scale your, your WordPress firm or your design agency, then I guess don't worry about it. But if you're trying to have some foresight into saying, look, I don't want to be stuck doing the client services day to day for the next 15 mm -hmm. years, you have to start thinking, what am I good at? What, who can I surround myself with? Can mm -hmm. I build this as a real business? Um, mm -hmm. So just super important. Yeah, um, and that's happened, that's happened with me where I, I was completely fine with being a freelancer. Like my business, really the only two people that run it are me and my wife. She helps me keep the books so I can focus on the code. And she wasn't even on payroll until a little bit later. And, uh, and that allows her to handle that, allows me to focus on the code. And, um, but at this point, I've actually had an influx of stuff that comes through my inbox. And it comes in waves, but I've had to honestly sub out some work because even though I've had no intention of growing uh, my own business, uh, it happens, I think, when you do good work for people that you're honest, that you demonstrate some level of integrity and that you're just a pleasure to work with. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's a rare, I think that's rare to come by. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, now that you, you, you partner with 8-Bit and, and you're getting, uh, some traction with them, how did, or where did the, uh, standard theme come out? Was it, is it, uh, born from a, a need that, that you knew that you were looking at it? Kind of like you talked about in the beginning, I saw a theme worked okay, but I needed something better myself. Uh, or was that a collaboration thing? I actually remember th uh, standard theme was actually my very first premium theme I ever bought when I was nice. working for another company. 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, that was my first experience buying a, a premium theme. And I was like, wow, this is great. It's so easy. I can just, you know, widgets and, and the, mm-hmm. the ads because this was for this was for a blog, but it was for a company that needed to run ads on it and mm-hmm. their own ads. And I was like, wow, this is so super easy. And I looked like a, I looked like a hero back then. And <laughs> I don't know. I forget how many years ago this was, you know, mm-hmm. quite some time ago. But uh, but yeah, how did, how did that come about? How did that journey come about? Standard came off. Stand, the first version of Standard, um, John had actually built that, and then when he began to see, when it began to gain a little bit of traction, he looked to surround himself, uh, kind of like what you were talking about, with some people that could help take it a little bit further, faster. So he could focus on business development. We could have a project manager, uh, developer, and a designer, and so that's where Chris, Jared, and I came in. So after we set up the support community, um, which actually is where we hired our support guy, Michael, uh, he was somebody that was in the forums answering questions before I could get in there. And so it was like, well, let's hire him just to do support. And I say hire as if we had this budget, but I mean, we, we were paying him in, um, dollars, <laughs> pennies and dollars. But, uh, but as, as standard grew, the first version of it was, uh, it was good. And, but we kind of had this vision of this being the, this theme that could be uh, kind of de facto for people that were serious about digital publishing. And when I say that, I mean that nowadays everybody, everybody kind of has, everybody has something to say, whether or not you want to read it, somebody does. So somebody is going to be pouring their time and their energy into this blog. And uh, SEO is such a buzzword, but having a well-crafted fast, uh, a, a theme that respects WordPress best practices, a theme that looks good to Google as well as people, and that also serves as a foundation on which other developers and designers can build on top of was key for us. And so when it came time for us to begin working on the third version, we literally started from ground zero and rewrote the thing from the ground up using uh, at that point, I had gotten um, enough experience with the WordPress settings API. Uh, Jared had really gone deep with Bootstrap. Uh, John was doing his thing as far as business development was concerned. And Chris was beginning to transition out of his full-time role so he could do part-time 8-bit, part-time self-employment. So we had all of the pieces in place to begin really treating standard as you would any other software project. And... Uh, and then automatic approached us back when they were opening up premium themes um, into the marketplace, and we were their we were their fifth partner. And so when we were working on standard three, it came just at the right time that we were able to uh, they audited the code, and so uh, we had to go through several rounds of that. It was a security audit, it was a code quality audit, et cetera, et cetera, which was awesome because you've got the team powering WordPress.com looking at your. Kind of, kind of looking at your underpants, and <laughs> and uh, and then when when that finished, we then took what we had available on WordPress.com and continued to build on top of it, and that's what we've done. That's what we've done ever since. And we had a few other themes. Eight Bit had a few other themes for a while, uh, but we didn't want to become a theme shop. We wanted Standard to be our flagship product. We wanted to focus specifically on digital publishers and give them tools and give them uh, everything they need to really, really take blogging seriously. Nice. That's a great approach, and it's actually the first time I've heard um, spoke to somebody who is actually building themes to sell um, and not create a marketplace for themes, mm-hmm. not become another theme company, um, and actually focus on digital publishing versus your typical blogger who just wants something pretty and, and shiny, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, somebody who's not specifically in the WordPress community. So. You know, I, I know when we, we built a, a responsive theme here and we were like, this is going to be a great theme for developers and not even thinking that the outside 
you know, uh, of the outside customer, the exterior customer from the WordPress community would be interested in stuff like that. So that's awesome. Um, let's take a, a step back just for the folks that are the freelancers. You make it sound so easy <laughs> that, uh, that you've, you were able to create these connections and, and find 8-bit and find automatic, uh, you know, from the, from the, fo the folks that are going to WordCamps and WordPress meetups trying to find their, their fit in, the, in this uh, ecosystem. What do you think made the connection between 8-bit and automatic? Um, you know, was it just everybody's involvement in the, in the forums? Any tips to folks that want to connect with bigger agencies and especially with automatic? That is a really good question. Um, so as far as connecting with automatic, there were we had a couple of people. Um, when, when automatic began to open up the marketplace on WordPress.com for premium themes, we had a few people that were a fan of our themes uh, that were a fan of standards, submit um, a request to them to make it available in the marketplace. And uh, I don't remember how many people asked for that, but then it went silent for a while. And then months later, they reached out to us. Well, it just happened to be at the time when we were beginning to rebuild Standard. Um, additionally, Standard was covered on a couple of other sites. It was picked up by Mashable in 2010. It was picked up by... Um, some other notable WordPress sites. I don't know how much that factored into it or not. You know, it could just be a matter of, it never hurts to ask. Right. But um, there is also a level, I think, of, I don't want to say reputation, but I think passion around it. And 8-Bit is like, as we've said numerous times, we're very committed to the digital publishing space. It's not just blogging, but we firmly believe in empowering people to, to, to share their thoughts. But we also really love WordPress. And if uh, I don't know how many articles you've seen on my blog, but I am absolutely sold on using WordPress, not only to build themes and plugins, but to build full-on applications. And I've done two applications on WordPress this year. Um, and as far as connecting with other people, going to WordCamps and, and trying to make these connections, it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Um, this isn't to say that you may not strike gold with one person, but I mean, that's, that's the exception, not the rule. And it just takes time. And it, I would say blog, blog, blog. Guest, guest post on other people's sites, uh, get on podcasts, share your opinions and thoughts. Be extremely niche about it, though. Don't just try to blog about – don't one day talk about WordPress and then one day talk about um, Joomla or something like that. Just whatever you think that you need to focus on for your blog, focus even harder or focus even more narrower because it's – that is what has paid off um, for me at least. I, I, I can't give anything prescriptive but yeah. that's what's worked for me is to – whatever I thought was narrow enough was not. I had to go even one step more narrow. Yeah, that, that's that's some great advice and it, it's always so tough to swallow that pill. <clears throat> I remember when I started my, my blogging uh, journey about two and a half years ago. I, I said I watched all the professionals out there, Chris Brogan, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the list goes on. And, and, I, and, I, and it was always find your niche, find your niche, find your niche, focus, 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 so that I would sit there and I would think, okay, uh, I just came up with this niche term, like I'll be a, a web professional. I'll be the guy who speaks professionally about all, all things web. But mm -hmm. That was the problem. It was mm -hmm. all things web. So one day mm -hmm. I would talk about social media because that was big and I was trying to get that SEO buzz going mm -hmm. for traffic. <clears throat> and then I would talk about, you know, using Dropbox, uh, mm -hmm. you know, 10 best ways to use Dropbox and then, you know, spin it off to a WordPress plugin that I use. And it was just all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I, then I find, st started to find myself ranking for some of the Facebook stuff. So it was good for traffic, but nobody was converting. So definitely, definitely narrow down and, and that's super important. 
The other thing I see when I go to WordCamps, and especially WordPress meetups, uh, and we had one locally last night, <clears throat> and the folks that are going, I see the majority as beginners, as yes. folks that are looking out there. And super important if you're a freelancer to get out to these meetups and WordCamps. Like you said, it's a marathon. You have to network mm -hmm. um, and get real social, face-to-face, -face, mm -hmm. handshake, stuff like mm -hmm. that, versus just Facebook and LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, yes, definitely. definitely. But, you know, I see, and, I, and I'm still trying to get to the bottom of this. I mean, we've been doing this for two and a half, I've been doing this for now for two and a half years, three years with the studio. But I see the folks that, you know, you know I don't know any other analogy way to put it, where it's like high school all over again. Mm -hmm. There's the kids who are afraid to talk to the cool kids, which are like the automatics and the stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, do you think there's some kind of, like you said, developers can spot developers. Do you feel like there's some kind of, uh, you know, faction going on sometimes at WordCamps or some kind of... Where yeah, I think there is. And I'll be as bold as to say that I think developers are some of the most arrogant people I've ever met. Um, I know that that's a bit offensive, um, but, you know, there's example after example. It's almost the way that I put it, like when I was in school, is that the, the kids that were writing code felt like they were in on this, this little secret. Like they knew how to write code and they were the computer kids and they were the ones that were jacked into the matrix. Uh, but in reality, you get out in the real world and you realize that there are a lot of different people that can write a lot of different kind of code. And there are a lot of people that have been doing it for a lot longer than you. Yep. And, um, you know, to quote Fight Club, you're not a beautiful or unique snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> but you that doesn't mean that you can't put something awesome back on the internet or back into the world. And so um, when you go to these meetups and when you go to these events, yes, there are beginners and then there are people that are going to be just as experienced as you and there are going to be people that are far more experienced than you. And in my, in, in what I've found is there are people that have had greater opportunities and have done significant or, or more significant things than I have and they're less experienced. And that's awesome for them. Good good for them. Um, I don't envy them. I think at one point, you know, when I was younger, I might have. But right now, I mean, that's just the way the world works. Mm. Uh, but I do absolutely agree that when you go to these meetups and um, you go to these events, you notice that there are a lot of beginners. And I love the almost insatiable curiosity people have. And it's easy to laugh when someone stands up and says, you know, this is how we're going to use the media uploader or this is how that you create a page instead of a post. It's easy to laugh on this side of the fence. But the truth is, um, take very seriously what you're teaching these people because you're giving them the ability to put something on the Internet and they are asking for your time to teach them to do that. And the way that I normally facilitate my talks is I do not like the very first thing after introducing myself is I say, this is not a lecture. I want this to be a conversation. So as I'm going along, I got like, you guys feel free to interrupt me. I want you guys to like, if you want to raise your hand, that's fine, but just call out, ask questions. Uh, if I'm moving too fast, if I'm going too slow, let me know. And throughout this entire talk, let's do exactly that. Let's talk. Don't wait until the end to ask questions and answers. And the last thing I would say is if you're speaking at an event, don't be the first person to leave. You need to hang around and ideally be the last person to leave. Right. Because if a line forms from people that want to talk to you and you need some water, too bad. Talk to them. Like get to know these people because uh, they're just as interested in you are as you are just on a different level. So cater to that. Right. Yeah. And using WordPress and using WordPress the right way, being involved with WordPress, the community, uh, opens up those opens up these doors to that you know I, I would even say that other freelancers whether they're you know designers or just some other other uh, code expertise mm -hmm. they might not have I mean I, I don't see any other platform so piece of software 
um, that has this kind of traction in the community where, number mm-hmm. one, it's such a low barrier to entry. I mean, mm-hmm. 30 bucks to go to to go to a, a word camp mm-hmm. where there's, you know, potentially like the New York one this year was like almost a thousand people, like for 30 no. bucks. I mean, you can't do a corporate like Microsoft event <laughs> if you're like no a, a .NET for that kind of, for that kind of cash. Um, so it's so easy to, to, to connect with others, uh, at such an affordable price. Um, so you have a lot of stuff out there. Uh, mm-hmm. you have, you have eight bit, you have, um, the standard theme, you have your freelancing, is there a common, like, how do you balance all of this? Is, and, and then you've got your blogging. So it's like all these different identities, all these different companies you're working for and with mm-hmm. um, some big brand stuff. How do you, how do you find the balance uh, between all this stuff? Um, it is hands down time management. Yep. Um, so, and some people are good at, some people are better at it than others, but it is straight up time management. And I am, uh, I have, um, I'm fortunate enough to where my wife stays at home to take care of our, uh, our daughter. And so that of that gives me the ability to focus on work the majority of the day. Now, the freelancer lifestyle is not getting up at 11 a.m., playing video games in my underwear till one, doing a few hours of work and then going out and hanging out with my buds. Normally, I'm up around five or six and um, I will eat lunch. I normally exercise for about an hour and then I'm back at my desk until uh, dinner time for my daughter. And I try to spend that time until she goes to bed with her and then the rest of the evening with my wife. So... <clears throat> Um, but each day is normally scheduled so that I have, um, I use things as my, uh, to-do list. I have tried every single to-do list so <laughs> app that is out there and I've come back to things. I dropped the cash for it. It's on all my devices and it's the only one that, you know, I live by things. And, uh, and as you get better with kind of budgeting your time, estimating your time, you get better at managing your time. And so, I mean, you notice even in the email that I sent you, I said, I can do nine twenty. I didn't say nine. I didn't say nine thirty ish. It's like I have to manage my calendar that way, and uh, and that's what it comes down to. And if and, and and it's if something comes up that I can't handle, it's okay to say no, or it's okay to say it'll have to be a little bit later. Sometimes people say, "Well, I need it now," and then you have to pass. And other times, people will say, "Well, okay, I'm willing to wait a month," and that's okay too. Yep. So there's nothing wrong with building a pipeline. In fact, if you're running a business, that's what you want to do. Yep. But it is straight up uh, time management. And even um, if you're not so great at it, get accountability. Mm. Have some people help you define your calendar. Have some people help you uh, learn to say no. Because every time you say yes to something, you are saying no to something else. Mm. And uh, that's uh, a buddy of mine. That's what we have to do. Is uh, I mean, he is super passionate about a number of things. but it's re- So it's really easy for him to thrash between all of them. But there's a core you know, there's a handful of things that he really wants to focus on. And so when something comes up, he calls us up and says, hey, do you think I should do this? And we ask him the same series of questions. And if he says, and then, you know, he'll normally work it out himself. Yep. Um, that's awesome. The I've seen it before. I've seen it with either interns that we've had or, or, or first-year freelancers that, that we've had. They just can't manage time or, or they don't start their day until 11 a.m., Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then they break for a two hour lunch and, but then they mm-hmm. find themselves working, you know, at 9 PM to one in the morning. And then that's mm-hmm. what causes this vicious routine of, mm-hmm. you know, they can't manage their time during the day. They're not getting up early enough. I mean, these are younger guys, early twenties or, um, you know, and the like that just haven't learned that, uh, you know, they think that when they get out of college, they're going to do this awesome, cool freelance thing and they're coders mm-hmm. and everybody's going to want them. They're rock stars, but then they can't, you know then they start burning themselves out because they just can't, you know, manage their time basically mm-hmm. is what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to be, 
Uh, and I'm sure you know you were and people that are also in this industry growing up in middle school uh, and even in high school, video games, I loved video games. In fact, the reason I got into computers was because of Wolfenstein and Doom. Yep, me too. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know, in high school, I could afford to obsess over a video game. It was nothing to come home from school and sit down and play a video game for hours on end. Um, it didn't always bode well with the parents, but if I could sneak back downstairs after they had gone to bed, eh, they wouldn't know. Yeah. But... Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't play video games like I used to. I ha- and you know, I have other responsibilities, and my number one responsibility is to provide for my family. Yep. And so, the, my ultimate goal is to try to stay at the intersection of loving what I do and being able to provide for my family. And if I can stay as close to that intersection as possible, then I consider myself um, doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that sometimes you have to do a project that you don't want to do, or sometimes that means maybe you have to take a slight hit. Um, yep. You know, one example is uh, there are Saturdays where I have to work. And so I'll tell I'll tell Megan and I'll say, hey, Megan, I need to work on Saturday. Uh, but what I'd like to do is if we can maybe go to the park that morning so I can spend some time with you guys. And she's normally, you know, 100 percent supportive of that. But if you're going to be doing the freelancing thing and you're in a relationship, I would also say make sure that the person that you're with understands what you're signing up for, because it is a very different lifestyle. Yes. Yes, it is. Especially. Uh, especially if you're if you're trying to scale a business and if you're making that leap, <clears throat> like you said, uh, when you you probably at the same time is probably even more stressful before you put your wife on the books because as soon as you put your wife on the books, now that's a whole other amount of stress and <laughs> more time management. Now how are we covering for that cash? A little mm. bit more strain on the cash flow and that introduces how do I find more customers? How do I do this? How do I do mm. that? A lot of folks aren't prepared for that, uh, especially when they start scaling themselves out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, are you, are you? I'm assu- obviously now you're happy with this balance of mm-hmm. freelance and working with Eight Bit, satisfying. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- fair to say that most of your time now is with freelance work and 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 producing stuff for freelance clients. I would say, uh, yeah, it, it teeters depending on the qu- depending on the time of the quarter. It's about half and half. Um, Whereas some parts of the quarter, so the reason I say quarter is because uh, 8-Bit does quarterly releases. So sometimes when we're getting ready for a release, a lot more time is devoted to 8-Bit. But currently my predominant level of income is from is from freelancing. And that's not to say that 8-Bit isn't making money, but the way that we're managing that business and our ultimate goals, we've opted to run the business that way. And so um, two days a week, I'm in the office with 8-Bit. Uh, three days a week, I'm at home working on my other stuff, and that's normally the balance that I. That's normally the balance that um, that I maintain. Yep. That I've pretty much maintained all year. But yes. as eight bit scales, that's there's more time in the office that I'm spending and less time doing freelance. And ultimately, I think that eight uh, bit is what I'll do full time. I love I love working with those guys. I love working on the stuff that we're working on. Um, but at this, like you said, when you have multiple people in the books, you your concerns of scaling a business. I don't necessarily think it's linear. I think it's almost exponential, the things that you have to balance. And so in doing it, so it, it takes a little bit longer to build a business when you've got a whole handful of guys and you have to cover all of the things that come with employing, uh, running a business, managing a company. Uh, it takes a little bit longer to scale that than when it's just you and then maybe you and your, your spouse or your partner. Have you oh, – and that's – you bring up a great point, um, something that you know that is, is very relevant to the stuff that a lot of folks are doing. Have you – uh, were you comfortable with eight bit? You know, when they said, "Look, we had to, we have to take this job on. We're, we're not going to make a lot of money on it, or I might not be able to commit as many hours to you." Um, have you been comfortable with that? Probably because, like you said, your your parents uh, run a business. Mm-hmm. Um, so, have you been comfortable with it, or have you seen others who have not been comfortable with kind of that constraints of 
a startup, you know, probably seed funded and, and, and kind of strapped for bootstrap, uh, strapped for cash. Um, have you been in an environment where that's, where that's happened? Um, and your thoughts on that? Can you, uh, can you simple, can you yeah, so, phrase uh, the question? Yeah. So, um, you know, we talked about freelancing, bring your wife on, mm-hmm. on the books, mm-hmm. a little bit of strain, uh, mm-hmm. in the cash flow. Mm-hmm. Let's say the same thing happens at, at 8-Bit or working with another virtual company mm-hmm. where they say, look, we're all in this together. We have mm-hmm. to take on this big project, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not going to – I won't be able to maybe pay you uh, you know, right up front or I might have to pay you when the, when the client pays us. Have you ever been in that situation where the, where the pressure of the, of the business's cash flow? But- 8-Bit um- – Eight bit, not so much. We've been bootstrapped from day one, and um, we are normally uh, we have not really had that problem. But when free, as far as freelancing is concerned, the way that I structure um, my relationships with the with clients is I normally ask for an upfront deposit, mm-hmm. and then based on the magnitude of the project, uh, I normally ask for percentages of cash at each milestone. And then as part of the contract, I also reserve the right to, if I don't receive payment in X number of days after the deliverable, then I'm going to take your site down. Mm-hmm. And I put little security measures um, in place where if I have access to, uh, and that doesn't mean that I have like backdoors in the code or anything, but it's, you know, if I'm, if I'm, I'm going to keep everything on a staging server that I own until the project is ready to be completed. And yep. then I'll do the handoff. Yep. Um, there has been a couple of times where people have been late on paying. And there's actually been a couple of times where um, I've just lost money on a project. Luckily, it's only been luckily that losing money on a project only happened once. Uh, but in terms of being late on payment, normally people are pretty good about it. There are times where it takes a little bit longer than I would like. But uh, and there's there, there has been one time where I had to take a site down until I got my check. But I will say taking that site down, um, I think I needed the check really quick. So that's why I tend to keep things on a staging server uh, before doing handoff until you know the final check. You, you learn that once. And something that my parents taught me very early on is that you have to be comfortable. You have to spend money to make money. Yep. And it's really easy that when the when the when you look at your business, um, when you look at your business account and you say, "Well, I, I, we have enough to pay ourselves, but I also need X, Y, and Z to to buy something in order to help us to be a little more efficient." And so, yeah, you're going to take that hit as far as income's concerned, but it's a temporary hit because it will hopefully help you grow the business. Yeah. So there's been I've had I've I've been fortunate to have some really uh, wise people in my life and to be able to manage and and some and some really good clients, but I've also been um, fortunate enough to learn from my mistakes sooner rather than later. At least I'd like to think so. <laughs> nice. Are you are you finding are you spending money to get clients or right now like marketing or any kind of marketing material or are you referral based? Um, customers just referring you uh, to there. I am a hundred percent referral based. Nice. So um, I'm going to ride that wave as long as I can. <laughs> Very nice. All right, I'm going to start winding it down. Hopefully, WordPress 3.5 is out today. Anything you're excited for? Uh, I honestly, I love a couple of the things that they've scaled back. Um, the first three things that come to mind are a when you log in for the first time after an installation, uh, the welcome screen is not nearly as big and in your face. It's way smaller. It's way leaner. The amount of information is much less overwhelming. Love that. Uh, 
Um, the link manager has been partially removed, if I remember correctly. A lot of the code is still there and the database table is still there. But the link manager, which I don't know, I, I personally have never met anyone that uses it, uh, that's been removed from the um, admin menu. And everyone's talking about the new media uploader and they have uh, they have their opinions on it. Some people love it and some people hate it. I remember when WordPress introduced the admin bar and people hated it and wanted to turn it off. And my reaction is that's just human nature of uh, kind of resisting change a little bit. You got to give it some time to get used to it. Um, I have made a couple of contributions to core. I honestly don't, and this was months ago. Um, one of them was a JavaScript contribution. One of them was a simple style contribution. I don't know if it made it in or if they selected a different patch or not. So, um, I'm kind of eager to see that would be, that will be my first contribution to nice. core. So, you know, we'll see. Um, but really overall, uh, I'm just really happy with the direction WordPress is going, um, kind of making it a little more leaner, a little, little more fast, a little more easier to use. Nice. Um, all right, so I'm going to jump into some of these final questions that I try to ask everyone. Uh, is there one question I should have asked you and why? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, I think uh, on a, this is on a more I – I could come up with a goofy one, but on a more serious note, I think uh, one question is to ask is what do you do with projects that you are no longer passionate about? Uh, that's and a good one. A really short answer to this one. Um, there have been a number of plugins that I have maintained. Some were premium. Um, that is, they were generating a little bit of money, and I've killed them. I've killed a couple of JavaScript projects when there is a, uh, it, you know, in economic terms, it's a competitor. But I look at it as somebody's doing a better job than me. Their passion is around it. I'm going to fold my project and point people over to theirs. Um, basically, when you have a project, and even if it is making money, uh, if your sole purpose of working on something is to generate money, and even if you're not passionate about it anymore, uh, it's okay to kill it. Okay. Um, work on things that you're passionate about. Like, that's first. Now that sounds a little, that almost sounds a little hippie because I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, forget everything. Don't make, you know, don't provide for your family. Don't generate any income. But if you have a couple of channels of income and there's this one project that's generating maybe a hundred dollars a month or $50 a month and it's not main, you're not maintaining it, the support forums dying, or you're not keeping up with recent uh, changes to WordPress, it's probably worth more energy to maintain it than it is to keep it, um, or than, than to kill it. So kill it and focus on something that'll be, that'll be more fun to work on and that would maybe generate more, more income for you. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. goes back to time management. It goes back to focus. goes back to everything. Awesome. Um, listener questions. Uh, this one came in from, uh, at Jeff Galinsky. If you had to make the shift away from WordPress to another content management system, what would that be? And what would be the reason to make the change? Mm. If it had to be from a content management system, uh, that's really hard to say because I have tried a number of, I don't, I don't, I am not one of those that likes to hate on other people's work. So I'm not going to mention any other products, but, um, I've worked with a handful of other ones and I, the amount of frustration, the amount of anger that I had and just overall just sheer, I hated working with them. And this was not from lack of trying to understand it. Uh, I would probably, and this, this is the classical developer response so much so that I hate what I'm about to say, <laughs> but I'd rather write my own in something like rails and, um, then hop into to something else that's out there. And that is, that is, that is purely coming from experience and running projects on other CMSs. I can't explain to you the frustration that I had. Yeah. Yeah, that is the classic developer response. <laughs> um, 
This one comes from Curtis McHale. What is the one skill you suggest that theme developers should learn to level up their skills? Mm. That's theme um, developers. I would say one the one skill that they should learn to level up, at least as far as developing themes is concerned, is um, file or code or overall theme organization. Too often I see people, or too so often I see uh, themes that are, aside from just doing bad, this isn't, this isn't like bad practices of including files that you don't need to include, but it's organizing things where they're putting these huge blocks of say a custom, a custom loop or a custom query in their template files where there is a time and a place in which you can, or you should be using a query or the loop in your template file, but there's a time where stuff should be abstracted out into its, into its own function. And learn when to abstract your code out so that you're not just your template files are not this hodgepodge of style and script and markup and PHP. Like keep your JavaScript where it belongs, register it using functions, and then um, uh, uh, name your uh, HTML elements appropriately so that your JavaScript can control them. So really it's just about code organization, I'd say abstraction, um, or being, being able to think in terms of abstraction and uh, thinking in terms of, of, of maintenance. So learning how to keep things separate. Nice. Separation of concerns is the, I think, the proper term for it. Okay, this one is. Uh, I forgot to write down the guy's name. I don't know if you're gonna, you're supposed to answer this or not. I was told to ask you about the pink guitar. If that's some kind of like college thing that we can't air on YouTube. <laughs> It's uh, well, you can. I think you can YouTube this, but uh, this is from a guy named Austin Kaylee, or that's his Twitter handle. Yep, his name's yep, yep. Um, he's a friend of mine. He's a friend of mine and Jared's. Jared's our designer over at Eight Bit. And a couple of years ago, Jared, so Jared's wife is a singer, and she does uh, she records music and stuff. And one of my hobbies is music as well. Um, and and uh, so I have collaborated with her playing the guitar on a number of different um, on a couple of different tracks. Normally, every year she'll do a Christmas CD. And so I will normally play guitar on one of the songs or play some lead on one of the songs, something like that. Well, we recorded this kind of behind the music slash document, uh, docu uh, documentary video of how this song came to be, which she recorded um, last Christmas. And it's we did a more of a rock variation of it. But in the video, um, I am actually carrying this, this uh, I'm playing a pink guitar for part. And I come in, I bust it, like part of it, they, they start, they stop the music, I bust into the room, I ask if anyone needs a guitar solo, and I've got a pink guitar, and it's a segment of me shredding on a pink guitar. Nice. It's, I mean, I'm not knocking pink guitars or anything, I know that, uh, but I mean, what, it, it, it caught on with a couple of my peers so much that they started this, uh, this whole parody account, or multiple parody accounts about me and pink guitars, and me and pink this, and me and pink that, and dude, at one time, I had more parody accounts than I did followers on. <laughs> nice. That's hilarious. Awesome. Uh, lightning round. So, just going to ask you a series of quick questions with, hopefully, a quick answer. Uh, your favorite plugin? Oh man, favorite plugin. Uh, I will have to say that it is the developer plugin, automatic. Nice. Uh, your favorite other WordPress developer, aside from yourself? <laughs> other WordPress developer. Uh, first one that comes to mind. Um, I don't. I would have to say that currently it's probably um, Pippin Williamson at Pippin's plugins. Awesome. Uh, who should I interview next? 
Have you interviewed Pippin Williamson? Nope. <laughs> yeah. He's super niche because well, he focuses predominantly on plugins. Yep. He and I are both actually, uh, we both contribute to WT, WP Tuts Plus and are both um, also responsible for editing some of the stuff there. So he's somebody that I would recommend as well. Nice. Uh, best career advice you've received so far? If it could be summed up. <laughs> um, it, at the risk of sounding cliche, it is more about, and it, and it takes, I think, I think it takes younger guys, um, younger guys and gals a little longer to, to realize this, but it's way more about being happy in what you do with the amount of money that you make. Mm -hmm. And you go there and say, well, if I was making X thousands of, or even hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, I would do whatever. And I'd say, well, maybe, but you do it long enough and, um, you're emotionally, you're going to be drained emotionally. You're going to be drained physically. And I don't know, there's something, there is something that is just intrinsic to doing what you love and being paid to do that, mm -hmm. that is way more fulfilling yeah. than a, a paycheck is fulfilled. Yeah, I agree. And when will the new podcast be out? Uh, we're hoping we're aiming for this week, nice. but it will definitely be sometime this month, hopefully sooner rather than later. The first episode is completely done, produced, ready to roll. We're just having to go through the normal process of getting it in iTunes and setting up the site and landing page and the feed and all that. Nice. Well, Tom, this has been an awesome interview. So much great stuff. Uh, I hope a lot of people get some good, good advice from this. Uh, team building, making connections, running your freelance business, time management, you know, networking at WordCamps and just in life in general, having fun, loving what you do. Uh, so much awesome stuff. Uh, where can folks find you? What do you have coming up? Anything uh, special, other announcements other than the podcast? Um, well, first you can find me on my blog at TomMcFarland.com. I'm also on Twitter at TomMcFarland. I love connecting with other developers and designers, so feel free to follow me. Um, I'm one of those people that I don't try just to push out links and resources. I try to actually chat with people because yep. that's you know, how Twitter started out. Yep. Um, and uh, as far as anything cool that's coming out, uh as far as 8-Bit's concerned, we're doing a huge release later this month for Standard that's going to have a lot of cool stuff in it as far as I'm concerned. I'm trying to get on top of all of I'm trying to finish up all of my contract work so I can get back to working on several of my plugins. I've got a number of plugins that uh, they have been, you can see them all in the WordPress plugin repository. They've got a, a list of feature requests. Um, I really want to be able to spend some time focusing on that and getting those in even better shape and trying to make them the best that they can be. So really nothing too exciting, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm planning to work on for the remainder of the year. Awesome. Not, not bad for over the holiday break. <laughs> awesome. All right, Tom, thanks a lot. This has been a great interview. Everybody, thanks for checking us out. MattReport.com slash subscribe to get more of these awesome interviews or just subscribe on YouTube. Thanks a lot.